Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. This is Anne Marie Lockhart, and you're listening to Vox Poetica's 15 Minutes of Poetry. I am here today in this first Thursday of December with my guest, Angela Carter, whose book, Memory Chose a Woman's Body, will be released next year via Unbound Content. Uh, hi, Angela. Thanks for joining me today. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. I want to start with one of your poems um, from the book, and then we are going to jump into some conversation about it. So why don't you start us off with the poem? Sure. This poem is called Splinter. I join you back to take out a childhood splinter. You say, look away if it hurts. Your wrinkled hands push the needle into the cave the splinter built. I adore the attention your fingers dedicated to mine and pray that you would find a trace of another thorn lodged under the skin of my palm so that I would forever be a puzzle for you to solve. I want to take back the moments of storm doors crying at the presence of a stranger when we lived for the rain to cool us and feed us all at once, days when men were only husbands and fathers, nights where a lover didn't rub the skin right off a woman's heart during the morning escape, mornings that I was not left alone to scrub my disappointment off the wrinkled sheet. If memory were to choose a body, it would be a woman's. She would greet me in the cold hallway with a stuffed blanket. Once I fall asleep, she would sweep me into small piles of grainy pain within the corners of the room and place the most comfortable chair atop of me as the liquor bottles glisten in the windowsill. I dream you back to take out a childhood splinter. You say, look away if it hurts. In some ways, you breathed easier when I turned my teary eyes and trembling lips to the wall. So that is what I'll forever do. Now, I think that is a, is a great introduction to your book because it gets right to the heart of the kind of poetry that you write. You leave no stone unturned. It's very personal and it's very evocative. And I want you to talk a little bit about how you came to write this book possibly, but more so just writing in general. How did it come to you that you started to do this? Well, I I truly feel writing has always been a part of me. As far back as I can remember, even if I was talking, you know, on a recorded tape on a boombox, I was always writing, you know, something. Um, And poetry has... It started out as a way for me to be able to talk to someone and ended up in a way to where I was actually having conversations with myself and learning much more about me. And I learned just how complicated I am in some ways. And um, it it has just always been a part of my life. It, It always will be. And I think when most people think, who is Angela Carter, one of their first responses is going to be, she's a mom, she's a wife, but she's always been a writer, and um, that that means a lot to me. So, you know, I started writing around seven to eight years old. As far as I can remember, it may be before then. Um, and where I grew up, it was it was not something easily accepted. I didn't know any writers. It, it was, I guess, it was seen more as just a hobby, and you don't have time to do it when you have crops to pull. 
but it it has become a tremendous part of my life um and i I wouldn't turn back for anything it, it's It's just a huge compass for me now you're you're the the book that um we are publishing is um is an exploration of identity and history and space and i I want you to talk a little bit about how you came to put that book together where Where did you choose the poems from? Were you writing them as you went? What made you um, select a particular poem for the book? What was the story you wanted it to tell? Well, I, I think if I back up a little bit, you know, for for many years I have really struggled with um, maybe because I was bullied as a child and other things. I've always struggled with wanting to fit in and wanting to be like everyone else. So I pretty much hid my writing for the longest time. And I would say... It wasn't until my mid-20s that I actually started to say, okay, I don't have to hide this stuff anymore. You know, I, I don't have to worry who sees it. Let's just start writing it. And the funny thing, you know, about it all is that once I started to write it, it came very quickly. And even I would look at it and, and I would just learn, you know, so many things about myself. that It was just such an exploration um, and it, it's a life experience that is absolutely priceless for me. And I, I think to get to where I needed to be in order to write that book, I had to let loose of any inhibitions that I had about what other people thought, about what society tells us to feel. Um, I, I, there's a lot of things in the book that you know may even make some so uncomfortable, but just because it's uncomfortable to hear, imagine what it's like to live it and not be able to tell anyone. And that's what the book is about. It's about helping me and helping others that in all of us we have stories to tell. It may not be the same ones, but silence is not golden. I don't believe it's golden at all. It's cost me many years. And this book is that exploration to say that I'm a new person and I don't mind whether or not I'm being accepted. I accept myself, and that's what the book was about. And I do hope it helps others that can relate to it. You, um, I, I think it, it's a beautifully written and very eloquent rendering of many stories that tell one bigger picture story. And um, I think people will, it will resonate with a lot of people. Um, but I also wonder... Did you did you have to give yourself permission to kind of out there in the public realm? Once you write it, that's one step in that process. But when you decide to publish it, you know, did you feel that that authority came from within you, or did you have to speak to other people about how they might feel about it? How did you find those ground rules for yourself? I mean, that's a that's a very good question because that was the largest struggle. Again, I always worried worried about what other people thought. So, um, anything brought up in the book, I most definitely, um, you know, talked with people about it. And and I believe uh, that the subjects in there, even people that know me very well, will will be surprised. I think they will. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think overall, though, my at this age that, that I'm at, I, I worry a lot less about how other people feel about it because when you go so long not being able to talk about it, I do now have the power within myself to do it. And as long as I do it in a respectful way, I have just 
no problem whatsoever with publishing these poems. And I don't believe that people who truly love me will either. I think um, I think that the characterizations in the book and the voice in the book is eminently likable and very relatable, and I, I can't imagine there'd be any negativity. Um, but you don't like for that. You know, like that's not the purpose. It's not it's not a an infuriating book. <laughs> it's a great book. No, not at and all. And I think I think it'd be really well received from that perspective. But I you know, sensitivities occur and there it's important for writers and readers to understand those things. And I think sometimes a writer has a responsibility to make people a little uncomfortable, to take people outside of that, that safe space and, and walk them into some other terrain. And I think um, you know you do that very well. I don't. People might not even realize at first where they're going with you in that journey until they get there. Well, I mean, I really appreciate you saying that, and it, it was a journey for me too. I didn't know where it was going. You know, of course, I had all these things, you know, in in my head, and um, all these stories, and you know, my recollection of things. And I, I think overall, though, I mean, the book. Um, really shouldn't make anyone feel uncomfortable in a sense of it's against any person or anything. It's all about, the book is all all about me in a way. And I don't mean that in a selfish way. It, it's just that sometimes we really have to get to know ourselves before we understand the outside world. And I feel in the last few years I've I've really done that. And, um, you know, I do, I do have a poem here um, that talks about the sort of, you know, subject matter that is, that is in my book. And I, if you don't mind, I'd really like to read it to sort of give an insight as to how you can feel uncomfortable, but it's done in a very respectful way. Um, would you mind if I read, read this one? No, go right ahead. Okay. We'd love to hear it. This one is called Thanks for Not Understanding. If it ever happens to you, which I hope it does not, you will look at me differently. You'll swallow your own salty tears out of a foggy glass. The mirror will reflect two eyes prematurely dead. At night, the sheets will feel too close, so intimate that you believe the fabric is trying to choke you purposely. You'll call me, recognizing my reflection in your own You'll ask, how would I handle the pitiful stares from even the neighborhood dog? If it ever happens to you, which I pray it never does, you will need patience that even religion cannot give. You will need to remember to groom your nails and brush your teeth twice a day in case you decide to smile. Each day will be a year, dragging you behind the miles of each minute uncaring and deaf to your pain's moans, you giving blank stares to your own injured body. But these things you may never understand, and I hope that is always the case. I used to want someone to understand, and now I only wish that no one ever does. Yeah, so that, that does get to the heart of it. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's that's hard. I mean, it's hard to read those things, but in a way to where they're just so real. Um, right. And I enjoy that. Right. And I, I think uh, you know, I would imagine when you read, and you've been doing a lot of reading, and you'll be doing a lot more of it. Um, the range of reactions 
is probably kind of vast, but I would imagine that a lot of the time you're getting identification. Absolutely. And, I mean, you've, you really got it right there. I, I did one reading recently um, at James Madison University, and, um, you know, the, the reading, my portion of it is actually on my website, AngelaCarterPoetry.com. And I actually, after my readings, I have people contact me and, you know, or people come up to me and they're, they're crying and they're just so thankful that they may not have had the strength to say what, what I'm saying, but they, they feel um, grouped with me, you know, in a camaraderie that someone said it. And it's um, it, it, it is a, it is a tremendous feeling. It's exactly how you know I want to leave my mark in the world. Um, and and I appreciate all those that that support me. I do have a huge um, support base. Um, it, it is tremendous. Now you know I, that kind of brings us to this. One of the primary values I believe of art in all of its forms is redemption from the things that, that make life uh, less than ideal. You know, it gives us an opportunity and a voice to, to put those things in a different space, to transform our experiences um, into something positive and energizing and illustrative. And it, and it does build camaraderie and a spiritual community of a kind. And I want you to tell us a little bit about your, a new venture of yours, um, which is, gets into the heart of all this stuff, and that's your new studio space. Yes, I'm very excited about that. Um, a friend and I are actually sharing a studio at a local art center. Um, normally it is uh, painters and photographers in there, those that do ceramics and those sorts of things, but the people there are really supportive of the fact that I'm a writer and, and it's being seen as art. And I, I think we've come a long way in society um, from the way writers used to be looked at as if we were just in our house in some dark corner in the room, you know, um, pulling our hair out as we're, you know, writing or typing on a typewriter. It's all about collaboration now and how everyone does something creative. And I really believe that. I believe every person does. Um, and I'm just overcome with joy that I have a space that is dedicated to writing um, and around other people that are also so creative but in different ways. And it, it's a huge, I think overall to have my own studio is a validation, something I never thought I could accomplish. I, I truly feel like a writer now. And if you had told me 10 years ago things would be going as well as they are right now, I didn't have that hope within me. I didn't believe that I was able to do anything. I thought I was born, you know, to to do what everybody else does. And um, I, I I just feel so grateful to have this gift and that it does affect people in positive ways and that it's being noticed. And I, I truly appreciate it. Have you had a chance to meet all the other artists in the in the space? Not all of them because, you know, we just recently moved in, but one one of the uh, photographers, um, other than uh, Daniel Campbell, who is a photographer that I'm sharing the studio with, but one of the other photographers, Brandy Summers, uh, she actually did uh, shots for the book cover. And mm. people would look at Harrisonburg and would just see it, and that's where I live, Harrisonburg, Virginia, they would see this place as just the smallest little place, 
And I kid you not, it is the most creative place I have ever lived. Uh, there are so many, I call them under-the-table artists. Um, mm. And she she was wonderful. She captured exactly what I was looking for. And there is just no feeling. And I know you know this, Anne-Marie, because, of course, you, you help people do it, but there's no feeling like seeing not only the words of your book, but seeing that the people who may not buy your book just for the words, that if they can tell just by the cover what everything is in that book, it might make a difference for them to take a chance and read it. And I, I believe that this photographer has done that for me. I, the pictures are gorgeous, for starters, and very layered and textured. And um, art is, you know, like you said, there are so many collaborative components to it that's definitely adds to the work itself and I'm, I'm curious to see in the months to come how um, the presence of visual art um, inspires your writing and what kinds of projects grow out of just that, that presence in the space there uh, for both you and the, the visual artists you'll be working with. Absolutely. I think the thing about being whatever kind of artist you are is uh, to never get stuck in, in you know one sort of thing and you know, an example of that um, is that I have brought out my camera and I'm back into photography and my writing. You know, once I finished this manuscript, it, it was almost like burying something in the backyard and, and being able to just put some flowers on it and move on. And um, it, it, this book will always be my life's work, that one piece of work that um, I wanted to accomplish. But I'm seeing my writing move in a different direction and one that I, I'm also very proud of. So I, I just hope my voice can continue and that uh, people still see, you know, worth in it um, as time goes on. Which brings me to another question. That is, what are you working on currently or preparing to work on? What are you writing these days? Basically, um, I, I'm writing about things that are more relevant to my adult life because although the, the um, book that is coming out, you know, Memory Chose a Woman's Body, um, although that book does center mostly around childhood and, you know, coming of age and how it affects you when you're older, it's not just about childhood, but it, the book is there to show you that everything that you do is a butterfly effect for other things and you have a mm. choice of what you want to do with that. But what I'm writing now is is about seeing the world that is actually around me, not not being blind to that anymore because I'm I'm stuck in the past. And we do have a beautiful world out there with a lot of caring people that um, you know do tremendous things for other people. And um, just sitting, I go to a place. This is actually something I, I wanted to bring up because. Um, I do have a ritual every week. Of, I go to this restaurant in Dayton, Virginia called uh, Thomas House. And when I go in there, it's really funny. I'm more creative than any other place mm. that I write. It's loud, mm. which is ironic. Um, I eat, I get a plate of macaroni and cheese, mashed potatoes, and lima beans, and a big old piece of chocolate pie, and I can write my <laughs> heart out with tons of people talking. And it's... It, that's how I've changed is because I'm not only writing differently, me writing differently has, has made me a different person. I'm more out there. I'm seeking to, you know, um, collaborate with people that I would have assumed there weren't many 
um, you know, things in common. So it's writings can any kind of art can just change your life tremendously, and I truly believe, and I, I say it, it's even on my website. Poetry saved my life. I have no doubt about it, and um, it, it's it's just a wonderful thing. Self-expression, therapeutic writing, expressive mm-hmm. writing, whatever you want to call it, write for you, and it will be the best you can write. Write for other people just to get published. It is going to be exactly that, publishable but not in people's hearts. This is all for for and from the heart. What you what you what I've read of your writing, um, absolutely. There's no question about that. I would like we're um, all out of time, but I would like you to uh, read a final poem for us from the book, if you will. Absolutely. Um, this one is called "Woman at the Auction House." I ain't giving nothing away, darling," she said as she pressed her stub of red lipstick to her lips. She turned her head to the side while her shoulders still straight. Don't look at me so sad, because ain't nothing easy about me, sugar. My skin may be sold, but this here, the real sense stuff, ain't got no dollar signs on it. I did not believe her. Her eyes looked easily swayed. Every time the door opened, we could hear the auction men, their voices boxing one another's to be heard. In that land of musk and lust for things that may or may not work, where we weren't allowed, child nor woman, nobody nor corner warmer, so I never had hope that I would grow a voice enough to enter those doors or any others. She waved goodbye to a man, and I realized that although our purposes were different, our jobs were to wait for others to want us. Some men can't stop hunting even after they own the fur and antlers. Darling, you'll know it one day. And you might be standing somewhere like this telling some little girl the same thing and she giving you that same look you giving me. You'll see. These corners can give a woman less bruises and more love than anything out there can. A ledge, window, driving a car, and on the floor. We've all got our corner, sugar, even you. <laughs> I, I love that one. And uh, from the first time I heard you read it, it gives a great sense of not only your voice and perspective and the the um the persona of the character hearing the conversation kind of halfway participating not the one being told and it also um really gives a great sense for your ability to pick up on other people's voices as well and uh there's humor in that piece but that's not all that's in that piece it's it's got a lot it does have its own set of sharp edges too um, and I think that that's what really makes it very powerful. You know, you're you're being carried along by some of the humor in there, and but you're receiving the message of it at the same time. It makes it really impactful. Well, thank you. And I I think people in impossible situations all the way around, and and how we look at it, we I, I think what I've learned in my life is. What you may see and how you interpret it may be completely different as to why someone is the way that they are or why they're doing what they're doing. And um, as a person, I've grown to learn that if someone's doing something that I don't understand, it's probably because I don't understand the situation that they're in. And I, I, I really live by that because there's been so many times that in the past I've been called weird or you know, uh, just names of that sort, just because I was very different. 
there are reasons why I was different, um, and I don't apologize for them. And I think, you know, the the thing that also, I, I think that that's true. You know, the understanding is the heart of everything and, and empathy. And without that, you cannot understand somebody else, who they are or where they've been. But but oftentimes, when you scratch below the surface and you realize there uh, are too many different experiences that really are so outside the realm of any one individual's understanding, if you admit that. And I think that's the thing that comes out great in that piece, too. There is... Um, you know, there's a message that's being delivered that's very direct and clear. And it's harsh, but it's not all at the same time. It's it's almost lovingly or affectionately rendered. And it's it's as if to say, you know, what you see isn't as bad as you think it is. This is in fact some of this is pretty good. <laughs> and I think that's that's not a message we're expecting to hear, but um but the underlying point of it is you know, it's not that different from where you're going to end up. So you might as well get used to it now. And I, and I don't, I don't think it was meant <laughs> in a negative way. But I think just to say, you know, we're just not that different. You know, and I think that's never really a bad message. You know, I think that the way it's written in there and the way it's told, um, it makes it a little more embraceable than than sometimes the way we do get that message sent to us. You know, sometimes it's not as lovingly rendered as it as it is there. And I think you did a great job in putting that out there in, in, in a sophisticated way. Well, thank you. I really, really appreciate that. What is the reaction you get to that when you read that one out um, in person? How do people relate to it? It starts out with smiles. I, I have read this one um, in front of groups probably three times, I believe, and it always starts out with a smile because I think people are a bit taken back when they don't know me. They think I'm going to be very quiet, and actually I'm a very <laughs> energetic reader. And they smile at the accent. Um, I think as you, you get about halfway through when they start to realize that it's, it's a personal journey of mine, it's not just about this woman. And also this woman has found a way to seek humor in something that's not that humorous. Um, I tend to get the head nod, that's what I call it, you know, that, that look where people understand and they, they now understand why I wrote that poem. Because every poem I write, there's a reason. There's an absolute reason for, for why I write it. I, I believe that. And um, this one is a, obviously a true reason to it. it. It says not just a lot about this woman, but it also says a lot about me and what I brought out of that situation. Because we all have our corners, and, and that's what the poem, you know, says. We've all got our bottom outs. We've, we've all got our problems. And um, she was used to the stairs, so she took it inside. Yeah. But for those that aren't, it can be a hard life. And um, so I just urge people to just be more sensitive to that and, and to know, just like you said, we're all alike, uh, you know, on common ground, just different stories to tell. And that's why writing is so important. We are all out of time. So if you would give us uh, your website where people can find out more about you. Absolutely. It is AngelaCarterPoetry.com. And you'll be hearing more from Angela in the months to come. Um, just Google her or go to the site and find out where she'll be reading. If you're in the neighborhood, go see her. Um, and if not, definitely uh, check out the videos that are posted there and look for the book, which will be out next year. Um, thank you so much for joining me today, Angela. It was really fun talking thank to you. Thank you. Thanks so much, I everyone. Will, 
I will be back next week with more poetry. And in the meantime, I hope you all have a creative and inspired week. Thanks for joining me. Bye-bye.